Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
Good Wednesday morning, St. Louis and all points northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you in the Window World King's Court right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Live every morning, 7 to 9 Central Time. You can hear the podcast here later in the day, of course, probably about a half hour after we're off at 9 o'clock. And you can also hear the podcast on several other platforms, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google. It's there on every one of them. Any place that you hear your podcast, wherever you listen, you'll find us. Spread the good word. Keep spreading the good word because we base everything on facts and evidence. No BS here. We give you the facts to back up anything we say. If it's just our opinion, we'll tell you that. We won't try to put it off as some sort of BS like the national media does, local media does, politicians do. Those people lie for a living. We don't. We tell the truth for a living. There's a big difference. And you're going to see it in spades this morning when you hear some of the testimony at this sham a committee, uh, I won't even call it a hearing because it's not. A hearing is when two factions opposing each other call witnesses and have the opposite side question that witness. That's a hearing. A hearing has no place for hearsay evidence. In fact, it won't be allowed If you've ever gone to law school or know someone who has, they can tell you about an entire course they'll take on hearsay evidence in the evidence portion of their legal education. It's dangerous. That's why it's not allowed. It has no checkpoints. Anyone can testify that so-and-so told me this and that. But what if so-and-so's not around? Then it's hearsay. In the case of yesterday at the sham hearing, which we're going to get into, you will hear hearsay evidence when a person speaking says that someone else told her X, Y, and Z. Her problem and the media's problem is that that someone else is alive and well, has been found, wasn't trying to hide, and has offered to come forward. That's a big oopsie for the liberal liars. It's a big oopsie for the liberal liar Brett Baer at Fox News. He's one of the most dangerous liberals in the country because he poses as a conservative and he has a primetime news spot at Fox News. That renders him the most dangerous liberal in America. He's a liar. He's a fraud. He's always been so. And now he should be suspended, if not fired. I would fire a guy who broadcast the story, reported it as accurate, and had never checked it out. And before he's even on the air, the truth comes out that he's full of crap and that he reported a lie as fact without checking it. In a real world where I grew up with journalism, at a real journalism school, which Missouri once was, that wouldn't be allowed. When I was at Channel 4 with Julius Hunter and Steve Schiff, Steve Trankman, Dennis Riggs, Betsy Bruce, Herb Humphreys, if they had reported a story as true that they hadn't checked out, they would have been fired. 
But that's when news meant something. That's when real journalists were parading around the country, reporting and covering real stories, not hiding anything. But that's not the, the world we live in today. Trust me. It's not. So you're going to hear those stories today. You're going to hear the story they should be covering, but they're ignoring. You're also going to hear an exchange between Brett Baer and Kerry Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona. Carrie Lake is not one to mess with. By the way, she was a reporter. In her previous life, she was a news anchor in Arizona. And she's now running for governor, and she's one tough cookie. And you better be ready for her, and Brett Baer was not. Stephen Miller will put a bow on all of this nonsense that you heard yesterday from the sham committee, which doesn't have any cross-examination, which has no Republicans on it. Ask yourself this question if you want to know the credibility of this committee. Why did Pelosi refuse to allow Jim Jordan to be on the committee? Why would you disallow anyone if your search was for the truth? But it never was for the truth. Their search was to come up with as much damning evidence, and that evidence word there is used in quotes, as they could to keep Donald Trump from ever running for president again. It's all designed to that for that. They still can't do it. They think they did. Every time they get all excited, you hear these media people start drooling all over themselves. And you're going to hear it this morning. They thought they had Trump again. Oops. They didn't check it out. Christine Blasey Ford. She thought she had Brett Kavanaugh. But those liberals didn't check it out. You'll hear liberal people melt down on the air. You're going to hear that this morning. You're going to hear Hildebeest trashing Clarence Thomas, the one black member of the Supreme Court. Not that he should be protected because he's black, but why does she go after a guy who didn't even write the Roe versus Wade decision? Because Hillary Clinton, in the true form of liberals, hates black people. Black people need to wake up to that fact. Liberals hate you. They hate Hispanics. Down in southern Texas, 85% Latino community, strong Democratic district, Voted in the first Mexican-born American congresswoman by eight points. Republican. The Latinos are figuring it out. When will the blacks figure it out? That's the question. That they are hated by one party and courted by another. One party does things for them. Just look at Donald Trump's record. The other party does things to hurt them. Look at the Democrats for the last 50, 75 years. Sooner or later, they'll figure it out. Hopefully, it won't be too late. Hopefully. You'll hear people posing as late-night comedians, and they don't say anything funny. A liberal commentator at MSNBC, Chris Hayes, lashed out at Democrat leadership, and now the liberal freaks have erupted trying to get him fired. That's how liberals act. You're one of us until you disagree. When you disagree, we'll destroy your life too. And that's what they're trying to do to him. I feel no empathy for him because he's a lying liberal. But this time, the liberals are trying to eat him alive. Some word salad this morning from the vice president. Not that she has never done it before. This time she talks about abortion and your son. If you have a son, Jean-Pierre makes perhaps the most outlandish comment that you can make. Bill Maher is going to weigh in on the Democrats. 
All of that's coming your way and more this morning. Our good friend Jordan Krugman is thehealthinsuranceguy.net. That's where you'll find him, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Do what I do, though. I I do it the old-fashioned way. I call. If you want to do that, it's 314-602-4055. Jordan represents the Slayton family, my friends, listeners to the show, has health plans for all of them. All of them love him because he designs the health plan specifically for you. So let's give you an example. You're looking for health insurance. You can call Jordan. He can meet with you virtually so you don't even have to leave your home. He's an independent broker, so he's going to ask you about the health insurance care that you need. Then what can you afford? Then he'll put the two together, and he'll push it to different insurance companies, not just one. He doesn't represent any insurance company. And he'll get you the best deal possible with the best coverage. He does it for everybody. Health, dental, vision, life, Medicare. Simple and easy to understand, and that's why he has some plans with a zero deductible. Licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. If you're a small business owner, he can help you. I've seen him save small businesses tens of thousands of dollars a year on health insurance for their employees while improving the health insurance coverage for the employees at the same time. That is unbeatable. When it comes to Medicare, if you're hitting that age, 64 and a half or so, they're starting to flood you with propaganda from all the different insurance companies. Throw it away. It's confusing. Toss it. Call Jordan. 314-602-4055. He can help you with Medicare supplements, Advantage plans, Part D drug plans, hospital indemnity plans. He has some Advantage plans, a lot of them, with a zero monthly premium. And there's extras, gym memberships, transportation services, hearing aids, and the like. So throw all of that other crap away and call Jordan today. 314-602-4055. Visit him online at thehealthinsuranceguy.net. The Slayton Guarantee rides with Jordan Krugman. All right, we don't know if you heard some of this testimony yesterday. Probably not, because judging by the television ratings, no one's watching. But because all of these networks, including Fox, decided to describe the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, someone who before yesterday no one knew about, as this bombshell stuff that's going to sink Donald Trump, we thought we might as well give it to you truthfully with facts and with evidence. So who is she? She was a low-level assistant on the staff of Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff for President Trump. She had no part in any big, big meetings, no no decisions, nothing. Her opinion meant nothing. She was an aide. When you're an aide, you're very low on the totem pole. However, when President Trump moved to Mar-a-Lago after his term was up, she tried very desperately to become one of the staff members that moved to Florida and worked for the president at Mar-a-Lago. When the president was looking at the resumes of people and and deciding who would go, it was recommended to him by several people that she be left off the list because she wasn't good at her job. So the president himself rejected her. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she shows up yesterday. After four previous interviews from this committee, she changes lawyers. 
Then she has a fifth appearance in front of this committee, and this one was yesterday. And they dressed it up nicely. All of a sudden, a change in lawyers results a change in her testimony. And now Donald Trump is a foaming-at-the-mouth mongrel who was assaulting Secret Service agents, who was throwing food against the wall, who knew ahead of time there was going to be violence at the Capitol. The problem with Cassidy Hutchinson and her testimony is none of it's true. It's not my opinion. It's the opinion of the people who she claimed told her. Keep in mind, she claimed told her. She didn't witness it. They're so desperate, Liz Cheney and that gang of thieves and liars and criminals are so desperate to hurt Donald Trump, and that's all this sham is about, that they'll desperately grab some poor woman, and I don't feel sorry for her. She's in her mid-20s. She should know better. And use her as a pawn to try to hurt the president. Now, how did that work out for Christine Blasey Ford? Well, she was able to make a million dollars. Excuse me, I was sneezing, so I turned the mic down. She was able to make a million dollars plus and a GoFundMe page while she was testifying a boat full of lies regarding Brett Kavanaugh. So let's watch the bank account of Cassidy Hutchinson and see who contributes. Because she told her boat full of lies yesterday under oath, just as Blassie Ford did. But they were lies. Here's some of it. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Motion toward his clavicles. Except when Mr. Engel gave you the story, he didn't give you that story. He didn't give you a story at all. Peter Alexander, who is no Trump fan, he's an NBC News reporter covering the White House. He hated Donald Trump. He was one of the most biased reporters of the liberal freaks out there. It's he who tweets yesterday, a source close to the Secret Service tells me both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Just more lies. Then Tony Amato, who she referred to, a Secret Service official familiar with the matter, told CNN that Tony Amato denies telling Cassidy Hutchinson anything about the former president grabbing the steering wheel or an agent on his detail. They're going to testify. And I say they're American heroes because they feel it's their duty to come forward and shoot down a liar. Cassidy Hutchinson is a born liar. Or perhaps a paid-for liar. We'll keep an eye on the bank account for you. If you find a GoFundMe page for Cassidy Hutchinson, you'll have your answer. But she's a liar. 
And these two career Secret Service people are going to testify to that. Now, the problem for Brett Baer, who is a liar on Fox and who reported this story as if it were accurate and true, having never checked it, egg on his face is not the proper description. He has a boatload of crap in his face. And so when he then had to announce, "Uh oh, there's this tweet by Peter Alexander, Uh, I wonder if that changes things, Uh, what you wonder? You said it was true. You said this was damaging to Donald Trump, his worst day yet with this committee. It actually turns out to be his best day because one of the liars has been unmasked as a liar quickly after she testified to her lies. It makes you want to scream because that entire committee is a farce. It is a a play perpetrated on America that is disgraceful. We thought Russia, Russia, Russia was bad. I will say to you, this is worse. And think of the people that are in common with both. Liz Cheney, Adam Schiff, Pelosi. All the same criminals. Now ask yourself, why would Pelosi keep Jim Jordan off this committee? Because he would have cross-examined that woman yesterday and torn her to shreds with the truth. That's why. Mark Levin is angry. Joe Scarborough, the morning Joe, of course, telling the whole world with his fear-mongering that this is bad for Trump, bad news, he'll never be able to run again. Mark Levin had some advice for Joe and the rest of the liars. I guess tonight I'll try and help Joe Scarborough tonight. Joe, I'm going to talk slowly. You listen slowly. See if I can educate you and all the rest of them. This committee's filled with these bastards on this committee and these phony former federal prosecutors behind the scenes. You know why this woman testified today the way she testified today, in my opinion? This was her fifth interview. She changed lawyers. They said she had to testify today because of death threats. This committee is a farce. It is a Stalinist committee. They bring this woman up to testify. She's about 25 years old. Among other things, what does she say? That the president knew that there were going to be threats. The president knew that people might be armed. The president knew there might be violence. Yeah, which is exactly why the president offered the National Guard on January 4th, according to Five eyewitnesses of which she wasn't one. <laughs> it's all true. Cash Patel was one of those five eyewitnesses in the meeting on January 4th in the Oval Office. So was General Milley. No Trump fan, General Milley. Here's what Cash Patel said happened. And the president on his own after that meeting um, about a different topic said, if you guys need up to 20,000 National Guardsmen and women across the United States for the upcoming days and um, any activity related to January 6th, you have my authorization as commander-in-chief to go forward. That was the authorization, as you outlined, that the law required. The law required. And Cash Patel says, not only did Pelosi decline it, so did Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C. Now, why did they decline it? Are they the ones that knew something was up? Why else would you decline an offer of help? Oh, maybe because Pelosi called these very National Guard troops stormtroopers just a couple of months before. Maybe. But here's what Cash says about Mark Milley. 
Millie was present in this meeting. Millie testified before this sham committee. But you haven't seen Millie's testimony, have you? You haven't even heard what he had to say. Now, why is that? Cash Patel knows. This committee would have leaked information had Chairman Milley testified under oath that contradicted anything that Chris Miller and I have both said on your show and to this committee. And so since that leak has not occurred by the likes of Adam Schiff, you know that we have been testifying truthfully and anything to the contrary is absolutely false. And the Capitol Police timeline backs it up that Mayor Bowser and the Sergeant at Arms declined the Department of Defense's request and authorization of National Guard, not only on January 4th, but on January 5th and in the morning of January 6th. Wow, that's a lot of declining. And he's right. If Millie had testified that Donald Trump never offered that, Adam Schiff would have leaked that a hundred times. If Millie had testified that Cash Patel's lying, that Donald Trump didn't do any of this, Millie would have been trotted in front of the cameras to testify to that. But you haven't heard anything from Millie. All of a sudden, he's quiet as a church mouse. He's not coming forward, of course, because he's a coward. But the liars on this committee and the criminals on this committee, Adam Schiff, have said nothing about Millie's testimony. Why? Because it was in Donald Trump's favor. That's why. Now, we, we point out Brett Barrett only because he is supposedly a Fox News fair and balanced reporter. That's what he calls himself. Brett Baer is a liberal. Every ounce of his blood is liberal. He's always been that way. He's a phony and a fraud. At least Wolf Blitzer, Nicole Wallace, and all those other liars, they don't try to hide it. They're blatant. Here's a good example. The media just loves them, some Cassidy Hutchinson, leading off with Nicole Wallace, who thinks the entire world should have come to a halt yesterday to hear this bombshell evidence. The January 6th Select Committee wrapped up a stunning public hearing. It was, we should make no mistake, one for the history books and a complete game changer. Only 25 or 26 years old, Cassidy Hutchinson exploded the lies and the myths that the Trump team have been perpetuating for more than a year now. This is an historic day. Our descendants are going to ask us what we know about Cassidy Hutchinson. That's a name that they will know. They're going to ask it, uh, us what this was like to watch this and to listen to this because this is a day that is going to loom very large in American history. One last thing, big picture. Liz Cheney began her final comments by saying that we are in debt to Cassidy Hutchinson. I think America and democracy is in debt to this young woman. Ooh. Democracy is in debt to this young woman. This young liar, you mean. This young liar. How about the one guy I thought he was going to say, this is a day in infamy. But Nicole Wallace is my favorite. She says, make no mistake, this was a day for the history books. Oh, wow. Make no mistake, she says. A game changer. Jake Tapper. This woman who's 25 or 26, he's so lazy, he doesn't even check her age. Exploded the lies of the Trump team. What lies? She testified to something that didn't happen. She lied. 
two Secret Service agents are prepared to testify to that lie. They're not Trump team members. They work for the Secret Service. One of them was the lead agent assigned to Donald Trump's detail. He will testify. Both of them offered to testify after this that she's a liar. Not only did they not tell her that happened, it didn't happen. I would agree with Nicole Wallace. It's a game changer. Or I I take it back. In a real, rational United States of America, it would be a game changer. People like Nicole Wallace, Brett Baer, Wolf Blitzer, Jake Tapper would all be summarily fired. So it would have been a game changer. One for the history books that you could teach in journalism school for decades to come. Don't be like these people. This isn't how you cover the news. So it should be a game changer. It should be one for the history books, but it won't be because none of them will suffer any consequences. None of those lying media people. None of them at all. Wolf Blitzer couldn't get himself enough, and neither could the rest of the media like Jeffrey Tubin. While he wasn't playing with himself, he took time to go ahead and trash the president. He wanted to go up to the hill, as we heard, uh, and he assaulted his own secret lead Secret Service agent uh, in that vehicle uh, as part of his attempt. That's going to stick for a lot of people. You know, the president of the United States, you know, attacking a Secret Service agent. The president's in real trouble, not least for assaulting his Secret Service agent. That last one was Tubin. Claims to be a lawyer. Says the president's in real trouble not the least of which, for assaulting his Secret Service agent. He just said the president assaulted someone. He didn't say reportedly, allegedly. He said he did it. Wolf Blitzer said he did it. He assaulted his Secret Service agent. The other guy said he attacked his Secret Service agent. All three of them, if I were President Trump, although he's probably tired of all these lawsuits, I would sue the crap out of all three of them and their network. Because even a public figure at Trump's level, where the standards are so much more difficult to prove libel or slander, very difficult, almost impossible. You could prove it. Because the standard is, did they lie? The answer there is yes. B, did they lie knowingly? The answer is yes. And at the time they lied, were they aware that they were lying? The answer is yes. All of those questions are the standards to overcome the absence of malice debate that you saw in that tremendous movie, Absence of Malice. But that's what happens with a public figure. You have to prove that stuff. It's almost impossible. How do I prove that you're a liar and that when you lied, you knew you were lying? It's almost impossible. Except in this case, where the people in question said it was a lie. But these people on the air didn't care. They lied anyway. First thing you learn in journalism school, you never accuse anybody of anything You report that it is reportedly or allegedly. Those are the key words to keep your ass safe. 
So all of them should be in jail, in my opinion. I'd lock people up for that. But all of them should be sued, including Brett Baer and Fox News. Fox News is so irresponsible. It's pathetic that conservatives have to look to Fox News and think they're getting the truth. Because you're not. Fox News is a sandbag operation. Any network that employs Brett Baer and calls itself conservative or fair and balanced is a fraud. That entire network is a fraud. The, every minute that Brett Baer is allowed on the air, Fox News is fraudulent. Not to mention Steve Ducey, that D-bag, who tried to explain this testimony this morning. Here's my tip for Fox and friends. Never let Steve Ducey explain anything. He's too stupid. He has no grasp of the facts, doesn't know what he's talking about, stumbles and stammers all over himself, and then you come away with, huh? What did he just say? You have Brian Kilmeade sitting there next to the dolt Ainsley Earhart. Brian Kilmeade is smart, sharp, has a grasp of the facts. Please allow him to explain these stories that are above the grade of a two-year-old so that Ducey and Earhart do not have to explain them because neither is capable. Now, what story should these media people be covering, do you suppose? How about this one? This is a voicemail from then-candidate Joe Biden to son Hunter Biden. Remember, Biden said, I've never spoken to my son about his business dealings, period. Now, this was after Chinese uh, government officials highly placed business people arrested, charged with corruption, who had given Hunter Biden a million dollars. Uh-oh. Is it going to come out? We'll let Joe tell Hunter. Hey, pal's dad. It's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Not, nothing urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least it's been on online, it's going to be printed tomorrow times. It was good. I think it's clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Wait a minute. He never spoke to his son about his business dealings. He said so. Here's Biden on the campaign trail. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. <laughs> I stand by my lie. I know you dumbasses out there bought it hook, line, and sinker, and I stand by it. What's going on in this country if a man can't stand by his own lie? These people are perpetual liars. And as a friend of mine mentioned, look at all of the former employees from Fox News who've been welcomed with open arms at MSNBC or CNN. I mean, there's a whole list of them. Brett Baer should be next. Please, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, but get out. You offer zero credibility. So that's the story they should be covering, but they're not. I'll leave it to Stephen Miller, who's an extremely intelligent guy, 
former advisor, senior advisor in the Trump uh, White House, to put a bow on Cassidy Hutchinson and her bullshit testimony. All the Democrats have to offer is this circus show of conspiracy theories and witch hunts on January 6th, and now this new immediately debunked James Bond fantasy, and <laughs> opening <laughs> right about, you know, this is crazy story about trying to commandeer a vehicle that was debunked within 30 minutes of it being told. And then, of course, they have this single issue of late-term abortion on demand through the ninth month. So we're saying we want to create more jobs. We want to create more opportunity. We want to create safety. We want to secure the border. We want to lower inflation. And all they're saying is we've got January 6th and abortion clinics. That's it. I love him. That's it. This fake James Bond. That's what it was. And then the president grabbed the Secret Service man. He grabbed the steering wheel. Have you ever seen how big that SUV is? This isn't uh, the Beast, although she testified it was the Beast. It wasn't the Beast. It was the SUV that they ride the president around Washington, D.C. in. Did you ever try to grab a steering wheel from the back seat of an SUV? Give it a shot. Good luck with that. So this James Bond story, as Stephen Miller calls it, is just that, fantasy land. And she, by the way, she a low-level aide to the White House chief of staff, not to the vice president, not to the president, to the White House chief of staff. She's a low-level aide. Think graduate assistant on a college football coaching staff. You have about 20 assistant coaches, full-time assistant coaches. Then comes the grad assistants. So that would be her. That's where she fits in. And we're to believe that these top Secret Service agents risking their careers, a lifetime of service, guarding presidents, risking their careers by confessing to her this wild, as Stephen Miller says, James Bond story. Sure she, sure they did. I mean, that's what Secret Service agents do. They're all stupid, so they would risk their careers talking to her. My guess is they don't even know who she is. Trump didn't. So here's Brett Baer at his lying best when he had Carrie Lake come on. She's running for governor in Arizona. She's a former TV news anchor herself, so she knows a little bit about the journalism world. And she has been one of the staunchest defenders of the election of 2020, defenders of the rig, the fix, the steal. She knows it. She's seen it firsthand in Arizona. So Bear decided to lie and repeat the liberal mantra that there have been 65 or 70 court cases about the election and none of them have been found in Trump's favor because the facts aren't there. Now, we have told you how many times, I don't know, that that's a lie, that none of these cases were allowed to go forward and present the facts, the evidence, none of them which will forever be a black eye on the judicial system of this country, including the Supreme Court, as it's currently made up. So here's Bear lying about that, but Carrie Lake doesn't suffer fools gladly. There have been, as you know, more than 70 court cases uh, where there was not evidence and there was not any state legislature or governor that failed to certify an election, including your own Republican Doug Ducey. 
We did not have any court cases where the evidence was presented. We now have evidence that is admissible in a court of law, and I believe the day will come where we have that court case. We have an AG, Mark Brnovich, who has sat on a mountain of evidence and done nothing, including video evidence. We have the true the vote evidence. We have people who do not want to uncover the truth about our election. And it makes me wonder if they're afraid they really didn't win in previous elections. But don't worry, because when I'm governor, we're going to get to the bottom of it. And, you and think we will that, have honest elections. And you and think we will that Arizona citizens, voters, want to spend a lot of time looking at 2020 instead of looking forward from 2022 and on? I'm with them every single day. We draw record crowds. Number one issue, because they know every other issue from inflation to the a border being wide open, not being able to afford um, gas and, and groceries, all stems from this corrupt election. We want an election day, not an election month. We want paper ballots and we want to get rid of these electronic voting machines, which is why I'm involved in a federal case right now to get them banned here in Arizona. Carpe diem to Carrie Lake. How about Bear? So you think the people of Arizona don't don't want to move forward, that they want to talk about the 2020 election? I love her answer. I'm with them every day. In other words, asshat, you're not. You don't know what the F you're talking about. But So Bear lied about the court cases. None of them, none of them were rejected based on evidence. Not one. Then he brought up some claim by the Washington Post that by a drag queen in Arizona that Carrie Lake brought her kids to his drag queen show and he performed in her home. This is Brett Baer and his lack of integrity at its highest level. Do you care to address that? I do care. I actually do care to address that, and I'm really shocked. I'm actually appalled that Fox News would take defamatory story like that, and we are pursuing legal action against this drag queen. I'm appalled that you would bring that up when you have not talked about our stolen election. You've failed to talk about We just spent three that. questions, Ms. Lake, talking about this. I you just haven't. asked you a number of questions about it. I played the Arizona this House is Speaker. The first of let's address, this is let's the first address of this story that's in the Washington Post. Every candidate takes wow. tough stories. I'm asking you to respond I'm, I'm to it to if you'd like it. to. I'm happy to address it, but I, I'm really disappointed in Fox. I thought you were a little better than CNN. <laughs> this is a person who I covered for decades, for decades, 20 years, and he's never been in my home. He says he's been in my home for a drag show. That's ludicrous. He's never been in my home. He's lied. We tried to serve him defamation papers, okay. and he's so shady that we can't even track him down because he's not even welcome at the places well, what that if, he works. I'm sorry, but this is the last question I'm going to ask. What about these pictures of you with him? Richard Stevens. And the what about the, is, the post? I've performed for Carrie's birthday. I've performed in her home. That's not I've true. I've performed for her at the, some true. of the seediest bars in Phoenix. I don't want to ask these questions. I ask you to address them. That's I, actually, it. I think you, I think you do want to ask them, but you don't want to ask about 2,000 mules. I think you do want to ask about this. This is absolutely ludicrous. I'm, I'm talking about drag shows in schools. This is what triggered this man. Somebody who goes to a drag show with female impersonators is one thing. We don't want our tax money going into drag shows at school. Okay, I understand and what you're making a difference the there, but you're I'm saying his allegations yeah. are wrong, is They're what you're false. saying. Yes, okay. I am. Right. And I'm really, I'm really appalled that you would spend time on a false story like that. 
It's shocking. Well, I think it's, 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 ask, it's important to have candidates address things that are coming up that might affect uh, a race. True. And I thought you would appreciate that. But you didn't that. ask my opponent, the establishment opponent who was here last week, you didn't ask her about her votes to allow illegal alien students to get a lower tuition than American students. You didn't ask her about okay. the 70-plus times that she raised tuition on American students. You didn't ask her any tough questions. That's and here true. you have me on, and you try to bring a defamatory story out. It's really sad. I Ms. thought Lake, there was hope. I really appreciate your time. Uh, we thought we'd address all issues that are on the table. That is one of them being covered today. He's a liar on so many levels in that quick exchange there. First of all, you didn't ask three questions about the 2020 election. You made accusations against her that the Arizona people didn't want to hear about it. That was one thing that you called a question. You said that there were 70 court cases that rejected a rigged election. That wasn't a question. That was another statement by you that was a lie. You didn't ask any questions about the 2020 election. None. So you're a liar on top of lies. Then every time she responded to your pathetic, guttural questions about some drag queen, as if a drag queen has any credibility, my God, it was in the Washington Post. That's Brett Baer's paper of record, apparently. He believes in the Washington Post deeply. So he decides that story has credibility, just like Cassidy Hutchinson. And then he berates this woman, and when she responds, he keeps saying, okay, okay, trying to cut her off, when she's pointing out things that he feels very uncomfortable with. He's a pathetic, third-grade-level, quote-unquote, journalist who calls himself fair and balanced. This guy hasn't been fair or balanced in his lifetime. He's pathetic. He represents Fox News, which renders them and their credibility pathetic. There are some hosts on Fox that are excellent, but the majority of Fox overall stands by this circus clown. I was prayerful that Tucker Carlson or Hannity or Laura Ingram or Gutfeld would have laid this guy out as they followed his show, but none of them did. Apparently, the edict goes down. We know who controls Fox News. It's Brett Baer. He's pathetic. And Carrie Lake also described the moment she takes office, what she will do. After I take my hand off the Bible, we are going to issue a declaration of invasion. We're going to finish President Trump's wall, and we're going to send our armed National Guard to the border and stop people from coming across. You know, I've been down there so many times, and people just pour in, and they've got a smile on their face. Because with Joe Biden, they feel they're going to stay here forever, and when I'm governor, they're going back. Carpe diem, carry Lake. And that was spectacular, wasn't it? Spectacular. Now, of course, the liberals can't let go of the Roe versus Wade decision. They never will. They're desperate for it to be a campaign issue. Somebody who calls himself an historian, an historian, Michael Bechloss, whoever he is, but he shows up on MSNBC or CNN. I can't remember which liberal rag network he shows up on. Calls himself an historian and then claims that Roe versus Wade will lead to a civil war. But wait to hear why. Here's a case where the Supreme Court is doing a decision that is going to fly in the face of 
at least what polls tell us is a majority of Americans, maybe 60 to 70 percent. And if you look at human history and American history, that tends to, to push a society into civil war, or at least towards civil war, if it's something that's uh, as basic as this. What? Polls? I want to hear this guy again. Listen to what he says about polls leading us to civil war. Here's a case where the Supreme Court is doing a decision that is going to fly in the face of at least what polls tell us is a majority of Americans, maybe 60 to 70 percent. And if you look at human history and American history, that tends to, to push a society into civil war, or at least towards civil war, if it's something that's uh, as basic as this. So history tells us, history, this historian, claiming that history tells us that all civil wars, the polls before the civil war started indicated that there would be a civil war. How many polls do you think were present back before the actual civil war in this country? The Union Army, the Confederate Army, remember that little engagement? They called it the Civil War. Does this historian remember that? Could he tell me which poll? Was it the Gallup poll? that indicated through history back then that there would be a civil war? Was it the Quinnip- Quinnipiac poll? Was it the CBS News poll? Which poll was it, Michael Beschloss, historian? Polls tell us throughout human history, he said, when a civil war will occur, and the polls are telling us there will be here. Now, I'm hopeful there will be. Trust me, I'm not disputing the fact that I hope there will be a civil war. I hope there will be. It's the only way to save this country. But there's no polls that tell us anything in human history because polls weren't invented before the Civil War. So while I pray and hope that there is one that will straighten this country out because it's our last hope, you know, we, we pray every day that God intervenes, and that might be the way he'll intervene because it has to be what at least will be for decades of normalcy in this country again. Now, when you say normalcy, you know what the liberals say? Oh, you racist. You want us to go back to the slave days. That's how nuts they are. And they are nuts. Here's another guy who should never be allowed on the air because he has no credibility over at Fox News. He's another liberal who cloaks himself as a neoconservative, and that's Jerry Rivera. So here he is proving that he claims he has a law degree, but proving that his law degree was found in a crackerjack box as opposed to an actual law school. I think that this decision was a constitutional catastrophe. I think that it deprived women who had come to rely on a constitutional right for half a century uh, of that right. I think it is totally unsettled and uh, divided the nation. I think the consequences will be profound and uh, far-reaching. I think that uh, Clarence Thomas, with all due respect, and I do believe that the confirmation hearings that he endured were grotesquely unfair. And I think that uh, he is, his grievance is well-based, but it profoundly affected him in a negative way. You go to the court, I've been in the court watching him, uh, you know, preside over a case or the panel presiding, uh, and he doesn't say, he did not for years say a word. He was, he was so angry over the confirmation hearings and how he was mistreated and Nada Hill and all the rest of that, that he was shocked into silence. 
the first Bush president in the 80s is the guy who nominated Clarence Thomas. So now for decades, he's been shocked into silence. Here's something that Jerry doesn't understand about the Supreme Court. Claims he's been in there witnessing cases being heard. Well, if he has been in there witnessing cases that, that are being heard, he would notice that very few of the justices ask a lot of questions. Some will pipe in with a question here or there that perhaps lets you know where they're leaning. Most don't. So this notion that anger has caused Clarence Thomas to keep quiet while he sits there and seethes about his confirmation hearing is total bullshit. And, and Geraldo Rivera reeks of bullshit. It's what he's been peddling for 50 years. He's a liar. He's a chameleon. He's whatever he has to be to keep his lame job. He believes himself to be so superior to everyone else, he shows pictures of his home on television of his boat. Nobody cares, you creep. My God, he loves himself, and he's full of crap. He knows nothing about the Constitution. He proved that with that statement. This is a constitutional catastrophe. You don't know anything about the Constitution then, moron. Depriving women of their constitutional right for half a century. It's not a constitutional right when the Supreme Court says it's not. Get a clue. Go to a real law school, not the Cracker Jack box one that you apparently went to. Oh, look, Mom. I'm a lawyer. I got a degree right out of this Cracker Jack box. You're an ass, is what you are. And this anger of Clarence Thomas. I guess Geraldo is on the email list for the liberal talking points every day. Because, as you'll hear later, Hildebeest was on telling everybody that Clarence Thomas is angry. He's always been angry. So Geraldo got that memo. Psychoanalyzing a Supreme Court justice shocked into silence. Shocked. Then he talked about Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion in the Roe versus Wade case because Clarence Thomas did not write the majority opinion. You wouldn't know that by the media. But he wrote a concurring opinion, and in there he mentioned that perhaps the Supreme Court should review a number of other cases. That just triggered Geraldo. And the judge mentions the concurring opinion and why Clarence Thomas is being singled out. It's not that Clarence Thomas is a black man. It is that Clarence Thomas went way beyond where was necessary uh, in this opinion. It was not that he was overruling Roe v. Wade. It was that he went beyond that. He went into uh, dicta, poor dicta, not having anything to do with the substance of the decision, dicta, D-I-C-T-A. He, his dicta said no uh, you know what? Now we're going to go after all of these due process no, rights. Let about me finish. Contra- due process. Contraception, same gender sex, same sex marriage, which is ironic because he's in, uh, you know, a mixed marriage. That's next. And I think that that scared the bejesus out of everybody. That's the only time in history you'll hear someone say that same sex marriage is the same as an interracial marriage. He just made that comparison. Same-sex marriage, he said, should be reviewed, which is ironic since he's in a marriage with a white woman. What? They're not same-sex. Dope. She's a woman. He's a man. I know you don't understand what a woman is because you're a liberal, so we'll try to talk slowly as Mark Levin did for Scarborough. We need to do the same with Jerry Rivera. Mr. Dicta. 
dicta, he went into dicta, D-I-C-T-A. The only dicta I'm listening to is Geraldo Rivera. What a farce. Fox News is a farce. It's an embarrassment. You know, I know that Jesse Waters is popular, but he's just some kid who knows nothing really about the real world, professed to know nothing about it many times, thinks that's funny, and then they give him a primetime show. Go figure. There's nobody else at Fox News, there's nobody else in the country that should be on that time slot other than Jesse Waters, based on what? That he does a man on the street that's very clever and funny? That's it? So Geraldo got the talking points from the Liberal Central Headquarters, and apparently he gets them every day. He's on the list with Hildebeest. So old Hilde decided that she would try to make another run for the presidency. And she shows up on CBS with that uh, Gail, whatever her name is, Oprah's, uh, what would we call her? Well, I won't go so far as to say Oprah's lover, but Oprah's best friend. How about that? The, only, the reason that Gail, what's her name, has a job at CBS is Oprah Winfrey. So Hildy shows up there and decides to go after Clarence Thomas as a what? Altogether class, angry man. I went to law school with him. Mm -hmm. He's been a a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. And he has signaled uh, in the past to lower courts, to state legislatures, find cases, pass laws, get them up. I may not win the first, the second, or the third time, but we're going to keep at it. So you're saying people pay attention to yes. this? Yes, the people he is speaking to, which are the you know, right-wing, very conservative judges and justices and state legislatures. And the thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are deeply distressing, but women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. <laughs> she sounds like Sandy Cortez. Women will die. People will die. Or little Anthony Fauci. People are going to die. They're all going to die. Everybody's going to die. Did you ever notice the liberals when they don't get their way? Everybody's going to die. We didn't get our way, so you're going to die. Women will die, Gail. They will die. Now, of course, Gail King, I'm told by a research assistant, didn't have the journalistic cojones to say to her, why are you saying women are going to die? Are they going to get killed in a car accident traveling from state to state to have their abortion? Or will the plane crash? Is that how you're saying they're going to die? Because they can't get the abortion in their state where they live? How are they going to die? I don't quite understand that. Again, by the way, never caring about the baby's life that they're ending. Clinton doesn't care about that. These people are sick. Women are going to die. Let's not forget that. Now, this woman by the name of Anna Kasparian, she is on this show Young Turks. I'm not familiar with it. But she decided that the Roe versus Wade decision wasn't about the Constitution, but it was about the Bible. So the liberals' favorite attacks are Christianity and the Bible. 
If they can't attack Christianity, they'll simply attack the Bible. If they can't attack the Bible for what it says, they'll attack you for being Christian. doesn't matter. They hate everything Christian. Hate it. And they really hate that little Bible. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. And she proved it. I don't believe in Christianity, which means that you do not get to dictate the way I live my life based on your religion. I don't care what the Bible says. You have every right in the world. All those women who identify with your religion have every right in the world to not get an abortion, to not take birth control. But they do not have the right to dictate my life and what I decide to do with my body. I don't care about your goddamn religion. I'm so tired of having nonstop conversations about what the Bible says you live your life in the way that you interpret the Bible. Again, I don't care, but you don't get to take the Bible and tell me, well, the Bible says this in this chapter and this verse. I don't care. I don't care. I don't believe in it. And I have the right based on our constitution to not believe in it. You just heard a woman who's destined for hell right there in front of your very ears. First of all, let me educate this single digit IQ P brain Young jackass, uneducated jackass. The Bible has nothing to do with Roe versus Wade. Nothing. Don't hit me with your Bible. I don't care. I don't care what the Bible says. Don't give me the quote, the verse, the chapter. No one quoted chapters or verse. You know why? The Bible doesn't mention abortion. But it does mention murder. And you know, you know who else mentions murder? Every state in the union. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. If you think you can get away with murder somewhere, go ahead. The only murder you're able to get away with in this country is abortion. So to recap for Anna Kasparian, who can't figure it out, Roe versus Wade had nothing to do with abortion. It had to do with the Constitution. Now, she's too stupid to understand the Constitution, so she wants to yell and scream at Christians because she hates them. She said so. She hates Christians. She said so. She hates Christianity. She hates the Bible. She sounds like a pleasant young woman, though, doesn't she? Wouldn't you like to come home to that every night? Hey, honey, how was your day? I hate you, Christians. Don't you talk to me about the Bible, you bastard. Wow. Okay, Satan. Have fun. What a swell chick she sounds like. But that's how they all are. They lose their minds. All these liberals, they're nuts. Now, that's supposed to be late-night comedy, as we know, these shows that used to have Johnny Carson... Dick Cavett, David Letterman in his heyday when he was actually funny. Jay Leno, funny. Now they have people like Kimmel and Fallon and Colbert. And when they're gone, they have people like Chelsea Handler fill in. Now, Chelsea Handler looks like she's rivaling Joan Rivers for Martian-like looks after too many surgeries. That's the way she looks. And she's not funny. And she proves she's not funny in this monologue. Republicans were taking a victory lap and looking ahead to all the terrible things they can do if they take back the House in the midterms. None more so than Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. If you were Speaker and House Republicans win the majority, what are some of the abortion bills that you would put on the floor? First and foremost, I believe in saving every life possible. We will continue to look wherever we can go to save as many lives as possible. Just as long as that life doesn't need baby formula, affordable health care, or a place to learn without getting shot. (laughs) 
By the way, Kevin McCarthy, since you mentioned it, let's talk about what it means to be pro-life. Universal health care, that's pro-life. Restricting guns, that's also pro-life. Fighting climate change, that's also pro-life. Listening to doctors during a pandemic, also pro-life. Not forcing women to give birth like livestock, pro-life. But your party opposes all of those things. Calling Republicans pro-life is like calling O.J. Simpson pro-wife. Nothing that gets a laugh like that, right? She's not a funny person. She's just an angry bitch is all she is. But here's what she just said. After Kevin McCarthy, by the way, I will say, made such an inane statement, it really meant nothing. We will uh, try to uh, save as many lives as we can. Okay, shut up. She goes on to say, as long as those lives don't include uh, baby formula or health care or finding a place to learn without being shot, hmm, those are all things that your guy, O'Biden, is presiding over. Those are his policies. Then she says, Republicans uh, aren't uh, for universal health care, which is pro-life. How is universal health care pro-life? Somebody explain that to me. Gun restrictions, pro-life. Climate change, pro-life. Climate change? Gun restrictions? You mean gun restrictions on cycle killers? Well, maybe so. But please identify them for me. Climate change? Whose life is being affected by climate change? Who's dying because of the climate? I guess if you stand out in the middle of the Sahara Desert for days on end without water, you'll probably die. So if you want to blame the climate for that, go ahead. But as that tremendous comedian Sam Kinison once said, (laughs) we have deserts in the United States too. We just don't live in them. Go where the food is. So the climate doesn't kill anybody, but that was comedy. That was funny, though. And to say a Republican is pro-life is like saying O.J. Simpson is pro-wife, and then all the little dutiful Stepford people laughed. Here's something that is funny, though. Every time Heels Up Harris speaks, I do laugh. I must confess, she is high comedy. She should, when she's out of office in 2024, she should try to get on as a host of one of these late-night shows. Now, she doesn't need any writers because she ha- all she has to do to be funny is to speak. And nonsense comes out. Here she is again commenting in her deeply thoughtful way about the Roe versus Wade decision and what it means for your sons. We think about it, everyone has something at risk on this. First of all, if you are a parent of sons... Do think about what this means for the life of your son and what that will mean in terms of the choices he will have. What? Do think what this means about the life of your son and the choices he will have. Huh. Okay, I'm thinking about my son and nothing comes to mind. He's not pro-abortion, pro-death. So hmm, trying to figure out how this affects my son. Oh, I know. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it does for her, apparently. Somehow our sons are supposed to think deeply like she does all the time and try to figure out what it is 
what it is that's doing this and how it affects our sons going forward. They always, I love when they say going forward, let's be clear. Make no mistake about it. That's another one of their favorites, right? Make no mistake about it. <laughs> I don't make mistakes about it. I'm not stupid. Stupid people tend to make mistakes about it, though. Those being liberals, they are stupid people. Now, Chris Hayes is kind of a dummy. He's at MSNBC, but he's kind of fed up with the Democrats, which is a real no-no if you're a liberal. Because when you become a truth-teller about liberals and Democrats, you're kicked out of the club. In Hayes' case, they want him fired. The Republican Party is why we are here. The new Trump court made its intentions known over the past year. If you needed another sign this was happening, I mean, a draft of the actual decision itself leaked for the first time in modern history. So no one can say they didn't know this was coming. Now the question is, for the other party, the Democrats, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do next? Democratic Party leadership shouldn't sugarcoat it, pretend there's a magic wand they can wave to reverse this terrible decision. There isn't. But they do need to articulate a plan to fight back. And right now, i got to say, that is shockingly absent. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's first reaction was not a detailed plan to respond to something we knew was coming. It was to read a poem, among other things. House Majority Whip Congressman James Clyburn of South Carolina called, somewhat infamously, the decision, quote, anticlimactic. Even President Joe Biden's response, which was, you know, a national televised address, ultimately amounted to go vote, which massively undersells the immediate urgency of the current state of affairs. Well, for that, some liberal outpost called the Palmer Report says, we can't just sit back and let this scumbag Chris Hayes cost us the midterms while he tries to manipulate liberals' fears and frustrations for the sake of ratings. He's been pulling this crap for years. Enough. We're getting him fired. If you're attacking the Democrats right now, all you're doing is handing the Republicans more votes in the midterms. This is war, and you're playing full-time for the other team. Knock it off. Seriously, you're trying to get us killed. Shut the hell up, you pathetic moron. That's the liberals talking about a liberal. (laughs) You know what I find funny? And I do find this funny. Watching the liberals melt down. They are so, they're wired so tightly that all you have to do is tweak one of the tightly wound rubber bands. And, oh, my God, the whole thing unravels and snaps. And it's so easy to trigger them. One way to trigger them is just say, Donald Trump. That usually will do it. But now if you say, Roe, oh, that'll do it. And apparently, I guess, if you say Chris Hayes, that'll do it. So they keep talking about how they're pro-choice. Well, there's a a black gentleman who made a video, and he hits the nail on the head, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life. He decides there is no such thing as pro-choice. Just a little quick video for y'all. Today, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, and I would like to thank President Trump for putting those Supreme Court judges in there to have the courage to make that monumental decision. I know a lot of y'all say President Trump's a racist, but I hope y'all do know that ever since Roe versus Wade 
have been loved. At least 40% of people that looks just like me has been aborted since Roe versus Wade. So be prepared to see a lot more people looking like me. So again, thank you, Donald Trump, because you understand that there's only one choice in this life. People tell you they're pro-choice. What's the opposite of life? Death. So either you're pro-life or pro-death. Don't let people fool you saying they're pro-choice, pro-choice. There's no choice. It's either life or death. You're right. Life or death. So if you're not pro-life, you're pro-death. Own it. Only. Carpe diem to that man. He hit it right on the head too, didn't he? Thank you, President Trump is right. That's the other part of it that they hate. They don't really care about abortions or the law or the Constitution. They care that Donald Trump put three judges on the Supreme Court. That's what they care about. I don't know if any judge ever, or excuse me, any president ever has done that. Think about it. That's a third of the court. But Donald Trump did, and he kept his word. He didn't lie to anybody. He told everybody that when he selects a Supreme Court judge, it will be someone who is strong on the Constitution, someone who's strong and opposed to Roe versus Wade. He didn't lie. Bill Maher, the uber-liberal who is under fire from the liberals because he is telling the truth about them, continued last week talking about this very topic. And then there's abortion. A difficult issue for the Democrats to lose on. But they're trying. (laughs) For decades, liberals have said if only men could get pregnant, this wouldn't even be an issue. And abortion rights are women's rights. Well, that's wrong now. Or as the kids say, hold up. (laughs) When the wokey end of the progressive spectrum talks about abortion now, they shy away from that word, women, and prefer terms like birthing people or people who menstruate because somewhere there's a trans man who's pregnant, and I say good for him, and I'll be... And I'll be looking for his story somewhere in a future issue of Ripley's Believe It or Not. (laughs) Oh, Democrats, let's take the first fucking word a human animal understands. Mama. (laughs) And replace it with something best understood by four Trotskyites at Berkeley. Carpe diem, Bill Maher. It's so true. These people are such intellectuals. Mother, woman, I don't know what they mean. There's a great meme out there. It's the, um, oh gosh, what's the game show um, where you got to guess the riddle? Shoot. Wheel of Fortune. So it's Wheel of Fortune, and it's got the board up there, and the letters revealed are W-O-M, then blank, N. And the the contestant is Katanji Brown-Jackson. <laughs> It's so perfect. They're nuts. And Meyer knows why they're losing. Point being, you need a good representative in court, which made me think, where else does that term representative come up? Oh, yeah, Congress. You see, in the American political system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally stupid groups. The Republicans who normalize constitutional crimes and the Democrats who pit identity groups against each other. These are their stories. (laughs) 
Last week, an 85% Latino congressional district on the border with Mexico, which had always voted heavily Democratic, flipped to the red team. And the campaign manager for the losing Democrats said, we gave up a reliably Democratic congressional seat for no reason at all. We deserve to know why. Well, aside from your terrible attitude, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because these voters stopped seeing your candidate as their lawyer. That's why. Their message to you was, I'm an American now. I'm here. Be my lawyer, not the lawyer for the migrants showing up in my backyard. Every, every month I see a new poll reporting how much Latinos despise the woke term Latinx. It's about as popular with them as a reboot of Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> Even the country's oldest Latino civil rights group came out against it, yet AOC keeps defending it, saying gender is fluid, language is fluid. Yes, and Latino voters are fluid. <laughs> and more of them now than ever are identifying as Republican. Yes, they are. So are Asian Americans whose support for Democrats is down 16 points since the last election. And why do you suppose that is? Asians down 16 points in the Democratic stronghold. Omar well, has some ideas as to why that is, and it all centers on education. A lot of that is because in the name of achieving equity in schools, Democrats in deep blue cities have made it a mission to eliminate the advanced programs at which Asian kids excel. Asian parents said, okay, I wish all kids well, not a racist, but I need someone who acts like my lawyer. If you're a parent and wanted schools to reopen a lot sooner than they did after COVID shutdowns, or think maybe your kid is getting a bad education, partly because it's nearly impossible to fire a lousy teacher, yeah, you're going to say, congratulations, teachers. You got yourself a good lawyer. The Democratic Party's always got your back, 100%. But I've noticed my kid is kind of an idiot. <laughs> so I may be looking for new representation. President Biden wants to cancel hundreds of billions of dollars in student debt. Okay, but the poorer two-thirds of American kids who don't get a college degree are going to say... Why should the people who didn't go to college and make less money subsidize the people who did go and make more? You want me to chip in so some liberal arts college can build a bigger rock wall? <laughs> You're not my lawyer. Carpe double diem damar. Did you hear the audience was very hesitant as to whether or not they should laugh or cheer at some of the things he said? Because inherently liberal, they don't know what to do. They need a cue. They need someone to hold their hand. They need cue cards like Biden uses. You've seen those, haven't you, recently? Sit down. Enter stage. Leave podium. <laughs> you know, when you've got a little child, you teach them. This is your right hand. This is your left hand. This is your right leg. This is your left leg. Now, Biden's 78 years old. I thought he mastered some of these things by now. Leave podium. Enter stage. Shake hands with Invisible Man. 
be incoherent. He's he's mastered all of them on instruction. But nobody masters a lie like Jean-Pierre does. Karine Jean-Pierre, who while aboard Air Force One traveling, decided to, in lieu of a real honest answer regarding the 50 migrants found dead in a truck, and I guess the body count is mounting, rather than say, you know what, I'm going to come clean, even if it costs me my job. This is a joke. Our border policy is a farce. I'm out of here. Nope. Here's what she said. The fact of the matter is the border is closed, uh, which is in part why you see people trying uh, to make this dangerous journey using smuggling networks. We are going to stay focused on the facts uh, and uh, and making sure that uh, we hold uh, these uh, smugglers accountable. And how are you doing that, Johnny? How are you holding these smugglers accountable? Has any one of them ever been arrested? No. Has any one of them ever even been identified? No. Every word she spoke was a blatant lie. How about the border is closed? That's uh, Here's another phrase they use when they're about to lie to you. The fact of the matter is, now Biden uses that one a lot, along with no joke, seriously, come on, man. The fact of the matter is, let's be clear, seriously. All of those are liberal phrases for I'm about to lie to you. Now, some Republicans say them too. So you've got to be aware that as soon as you hear those, those are trigger words. As soon as you hear them, a lie is coming. The fact of the matter is because you're too dumb to actually know that the border is wide open, I'm telling you the fact of the matter is it's closed. Never mind the millions running to and fro, crossing the river, dying on their way. Never mind any of that. I'm telling you the fact of the matter. And the fact of the matter is the border is closed. Closed, I tell you. It's like the Wizard of Oz when he gets exposed behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to those dead bodies in the truck. The border is closed. Closed. I love these man-on-the-street interviews. Sometimes you get some classic answers. And here's a guy doing a man-on-the-street, and he encountered two black men, and he asked them a simple question. If Joe Biden was here right now, what would you tell him? Tell him to get out of office, man. He's fucking shit up. He's old. He's falling off of bikes and shit. It's over, man. Give it up. <laughs> i tell him. Let Trump back in office. He did better for the black culture. Trump 2024, man. Trump 2024, man. Falling off bikes and shit. <laughs> it's so true. This is the black community. I say the black community is starting to wake up. I'm hopefully, I'm hopeful that those guys are indicative of what is being said in the black community. Although I fear that once the race baiters like Sharpton and Jackson and all of them get going, They'll try to gin up the black base into hating Republicans, especially if it's Donald Trump, the one president who's done something for the black community. To put a bow on the entire day, Warren Sapp, who was a tremendous football player, played nose tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl, played at uh, Miami University when they lost the national championship to Nebraska, then was a broadcaster until... He kept doing dastardly things with hookers. 
But now he's just somebody that they call on now and then to make some funny comments. Well, this time he was actually accurate. He got reports on Colin Kaepernick's tryout with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, keep in mind, the Sonny Host and Houstons of the world have told you, after she interviewed Kaepernick, that he's ready to take a team to the Super Bowl. That's what Sonny told us. And she's not alone in her stupidity or her buffoonery. A lot of these woke liberal media people in the sports world have told you the same. The NFL is blacklisting Colin Kaepernick. Why? Because he won't stand for the national anthem. He's an activist. As I've said many times, if you have ever experienced an NFL coach, you understand that in order to win a game, not a lot of games, a game, they would run over their own mother. Black-white means nothing to them. Now, they don't like distractions, and Kaepernick is a distraction. But they'll put up with the distraction, as they have throughout football history. Joe Namath was a distraction, but he was damn good. So they'll put up with it if you're good enough. As Sonny Hostin says, Colin Kaepernick is. Warren Sapp disagrees, and he cites this latest tryout with the Raiders as his evidence. I heard it was a disaster. I heard it was one of the worst workouts ever. I'm wondering how the hell this happened and the tape didn't get out, right? I mean, somebody wasn't over the over the fence or nothing? Come on, man. We, we live in a world right now where you put a drone up. Hey, it ain't like they can stop you. They ain't going to stop the workout. Tell me there's a drone up here. We don't know who this is. I mean, what? Come on. Let's, let's, let's run this. They don't even send them up the, the, the ladder anymore. You know when you go out to practice? Send the guy up the thing. He's shooting practice off. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> He's right, you know. He's 100% right. How did that tape not get out? We know how it didn't get out. The liberal media doesn't want it out because it'll make them look like a pack of asshats. And that's something they really don't like. They don't like being an asshat. Or looking like one. And in this case, they would be both. They would not only look like one, they are asshats. And I can't believe the tape didn't get out either. Honestly. It's shocking. But it's being hidden, I guess, by Roger Goodell, who I guarantee you ordered the Raiders to destroy the tape. The same Roger Goodell who testified in front of Congress under vigorous cross-examination from Jim Jordan that he wasn't aware that Dave Portnoy was banned from NFL press boxes, even though Portnoy's been banned quite publicly for years now. But good old Roger the Dodger, under oath, said he was not aware of it. Said he couldn't comment on Ron Rivera finding Jack Del Rio a hundred grand for saying the January sixth protest was a dust up. That's what it was, by the way. So not only if you work for the Washington Redskins, you not only do not have free speech privileges, but you do not have tell the truth privileges either. So if you tell the truth, exercising your freedom of speech as a member of the Washington Redskins. You will be fined a hundred grand. And the NFL will bless it. Hey, that was Ron Rivera's decision, Goodell said. Have you ever met or seen or experienced someone as wishy washy and spineless as Roger Goodell? I mean, this guy is the coward of cowards. Rich mommy and daddy.
Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Um, I'm going to close this segment by talking a little bit more about Brett Baer. It's incredible. He was talking about this Cassidy Hutchinson testimony yesterday. And he said that Cassidy Hutchinson testified to all of these things and it was stunning and it moved the ball against President Trump. Stunning, he says, because we haven't heard this. It's compelling because of her proximity to the power of all these people directly having conversations with her. Except they didn't have the conversations with her, Bear. So that's what he reported on the air. And then he says there's not a minority here that's pushing back or questioning it. Well, actually there were. They're not a minority. They're the Secret Service officers she claimed told her this. Wow. That's why this is so compelling, he said, and perhaps why we have this hearing that popped out of nowhere. Sure did pop out of nowhere. (laughs) Bottom line, he said, the testimony is stunning, and we're going to likely hear from the former president and his reaction to all of this in one way or another. But you also have two other officials Pat Cipollone, or other officials, Pat Cipollone, former White House counsel. You have others who are weighing in here behind the scenes through her testimony. I think it does move the ball in this hearing. Pat Cipollone is, was the White House counsel that Sidney Powell advised the president to get rid of, who was simply an infiltrator for the Liberal Party. Sidney Powell was right. Trump fired Cipollone on the spot that day, but then rehired him Who knows who got to Trump to make him rehire that low-life scum? Trump's finding out, I hope. Sadly, it's the hard way. If he does get back in office and does run again, you better be damn sure who you hire. And if you don't know who you're hiring for a particular position, don't fill the position. I don't care what it is. He streamlined the federal government to begin with. There were 20,000 jobs he didn't fill. Make it 100,000 next time. All of these bureaucrats, these positions, they're irrelevant. People have assistance to assistance to assistance. This Cassidy Hutchinson, she was the lowest of low-level aides. Who needs her? She claims the president threw food against the wall, and she had to clean it up. First of all, the president denied ever throwing food, and of course someone else would have corroborated that had he done it. My God, how many liars and leakers do they have that would have gladly stepped forward? But as he said, and if I had, she wouldn't have been the one to clean it up. I don't even know who she is. (laughs) I love Trump. Just the way he says China. All right, folks, I am going to boogie here today a little bit short because I have a friend whose brother passed away from cancer. Uh, He's one of my best friends in life, and I know his brother well. And uh, sadly, the memorial is today, so uh, we're going to celebrate his life. And uh, I have to skadoodle to the church. 
So I will be back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock right here on the Window World Kings Court, only live on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Ah!